This is Nancy Lynn Westfield, Director of the Wabash Center. I'm very pleased to add material to our Dialogue on Teaching podcast. The Wabash Center is re-releasing in podcast format the video series, The Eye That Teaches. The Eye That Teaches, produced by Associate Director Tim Lake, interviewed senior scholars to talk about their teaching lives. These scholars provide great insights into their experiences as teachers and mentors. I want to thank our sound engineer, Dr. Paul Myrie, who has worked with this technology, as well as provided original music that frames the podcast. This is Dialogue on Teaching. Dr. Kenneth Ngua is on the faculty of Drew University Theological School. He is Associate Professor of Hebrew Bible. Dr. Ngua is founder and director of the Religion and Global Health Forum at Drew Theological School. The forum partners with scientists, researchers, religious leaders, writers, poets, educators, and counselors to host panel discussions, presentations, and partnership building platforms that will improve individual and public health outcomes across the world. We hope you enjoy this edition of The Eye That Teaches. Hi, I'm Tim Lake. I'm with the Wabash Center for Teaching Religion and Theology. And joining me is Kenneth Ewa for a conversation about the eye that teaches. Hello, Kenneth. Hi, Tim. So, where are you from? I am from Cameroon, and um, I have been here in the United States since 1999. Uh, I came um, and I studied at Princeton Theological Seminary. Uh, got my master's and then a PhD. In uh, what in, area? In Hebrew Bible. In and Hebrew where Bible. do you teach? I teach at Drew Theological School and I have been at Drew for um, going seven years now, since 2007. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in Cameroon? Yes. Uh, what was your family like? Family was a big family. Um, um, I, my parents, my parents um, had a number of uh, adopted uh, children, so I have uh, um, two brothers, two sisters, and and uh, many cousins. And, um, so it was a big family, and it was it was a wonderful family. I I had a lot of good times growing up, and very fond memories. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, what was education like in your in Cameroon? Cameroon um, was. Um, I grew up in the northwest province of Cameroon, which was part of what is called the Southern Cameroons, uh, was a former British colony. So I grew up in a British educational system. Um, I went to what is called primary school and then to secondary school and to uh, university or college. And uh, it was, it was uh, mostly... Um, education in, in English language, but a, a lot of times when students would go back from school, they would speak other languages. So it was, it was really interesting having to interact with uh, uh, people from all different ethnic groups with different languages and cultures and interacting. So it was a very, it was a very enriching experience. Um, diversity was a, a major part of my, my education growing up, 
because it was very much upfront and you encountered it every time. What um, was your major focus in your studies? Um, I, I was interested in economics and um, I wanted to study economics because I wanted to um, explore and think about sort of the, the, the economic realities of sub-Saharan Africa. I was very um, interested in, in uh, banking. I was very interested in um, the, the, the gap between the, the wealthy and, and the poor in the community. And I, and I was interested in figuring out how to make, make, uh, make it better for, for those who were at the bottom of the economic ladder. So Were you supported in your education through your parents? My parents supported me throughout my education. My, my, my father was uh, a school teacher. Um, um, he taught in the primary school and uh, my mother was a teacher as well and she, she taught adult education. Um, uh, and so they, they supported me. We, we all had a very strong support from our parents, from um, mentors around uh, in the community. And it was, it was, uh, it was wonderful having, having that support, um, both at school and, and at home. Um, so it was a very um, enriching experience for me. How did religion, what role did religion play in your formative years? Religion played an important part in my uh, formative years. I, I grew up um, a Christian and I was a Presbyterian and we, we, we read the Bible often, we went to church, we were involved in community service, um, outreach programs, and, and that was from uh, the early age as, as far as I can remember. I've always been a part of a community that uh, took religion seriously and, and asked really important questions about why, why religion and what does it do um, to those who adhere to it and, and try to live by its precepts. So I, 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 I think um, it would be um, an accurate statement to say that religion played an important role in, in my formative years. And I've always, I've always looked back to those, to those early years of thinking about faith and society and life as a whole. So how did you come to, to the Bible as a focus of study in, in the part of your profession? I, I came to the Bible in part um, because I was intrigued by um, this document that everybody rallied around. Um, I grew up in a culture that is largely but not exclusively oral. Uh, but you have a document, a text, uh, around which the community gathers and, and, and conversations emerge and people have strong feelings about what he says or doesn't say. I was, I was intrigued by that and I, and I was interested in figuring out what is this document about. And so I became curious and then as I started reading Particularly the Hebrew Bible, I found that there was a lot of affinity between some of the, the, the concepts of God and society and culture in the Hebrew Bible and what was 
um, clearly a part of the African traditional religions. So I found that uh, comparative analysis was very interesting. Um, Inter-religious dialogue became something that I wanted to explore, and it's still something that I think about quite a bit. So the Hebrew Bible provided for me a rich uh, source of material to, to have that conversation about religion, society, inter-religious dialogue, cultural perspective. So now you have that conversation with students in the classroom at Drew. So what courses do you teach? I teach the introductory courses to the Hebrew Bible. I also teach upper level courses, seminars. Um, it, it could be topics or it could be based on books. And, and this semester, for example, I am teaching a course on the prophet Haggai in the Hebrew Bible. It's a small, small book, so it's two chapters, but it's very interesting. Um, so what we are exploring is the notion of God as a homeless person, um, in part because that is part of what the prophet wants the community to do, to build a house for God. And so we are asking the question, what, what does it mean to imagine God as a homeless person? So what do you, what's your approach to teaching? Do you have a teaching philosophy? Um, my philosophy, I would say, is interactive in the sense that I, I grew up in a system that was um, entrenched in colonial education where the instructor would do the research, prepare the lecture, lecture, we would take notes and try to remember as much as we could. Um, and, and I was not happy with it. And so I have moved as far away from that as you can imagine. So my own philosophy is to be interactive to inspire students to do research for themselves, to ask questions for themselves, to explore, to uh, be in conversation. And so uh, what I do is I combine uh, plenary sessions where uh, from time to time I would lecture. I combine that with uh, precepts and conversations with students um, where there is more in-depth analysis and conversations around the topics or the themes that we're looking at. So uh, because I think I think teaching is, is a powerful tool to shape not just um, individual sort of perspectives, but also notions of society, how society functions in a productive manner. So when you are teaching, what do you think you're doing? I think I am helping students explore a sense of themselves come to a fuller experience, realization of their own identity and their own place in the world. So I teach for the purpose of meaningful, productive living in a world that is quite complex. So you bring students to the text so that they can live meaningful lives? Yes. And how do you do that? Um, I, I do that by asking them to uh, make connections between what the, the biblical text is saying and the interpretive communities to which they belong. So I don't consider meaning to be locked and lodged away in the text itself. I consider meaning to be 
something that emerges in the process of engaging the text and asking questions and exploring not just um, uh, as individuals but as a community because I do think the Hebrew Bible um, in particular and, and in the entire Bible as a whole is a, is a community document and should be read as a community document. And so I get them to think about uh, what the biblical text says and ask questions about wh what it says, why it says it, uh, what are the cultural backgrounds to, um, to the text and the ways in which we can engage those cultural perspectives um, in, in the hopes of, of you know, uh, developing meaningful um, values for ourselves and for our community. So it's a, very, it's a very interactive, so we read the Bible as a conversation, conversation partner. So you have to make some assumptions about students and what they bring to the classroom. Do you think they come equipped to do the kind of interpretive engagement with the text that you are asking them to do in the classroom? I would say that some do uh, because we have uh, um, a variety of students coming from very different uh, educational backgrounds and so they come in with assumptions about the biblical text and um, those assumptions are quite varied. Um, and so I do take it seriously that they are not coming in as a blank slate. And so when I prepare uh, lectures and conversations, uh, discussions, I, I do I invite them to be clear about what they believe, what their assumptions are, not to suppress those, but to bring those to the table for, for conversation. So I do invite them to articulate their assumptions about what the biblical text is, what it does for us, why we read it, and how we might uh, go about reading it as a community in the classroom. So how does the community as the classroom made different from the community in their religious practice where they encounter the text in a kind of collective way. So then how do you form the classroom as a safe environment for that kind of openness to the text and openness for dialogue or openness for a kind of interactive engagement? Yes. Uh, one of the things that I do is to insist that it, that it be a respectful conversation. Um, I do um, often tell them that every, every belief system, every conviction is welcome. And I find that that is important to say up front because it opens up um, students for conversation. They don't feel intimidated. They don't feel they, they would be ridiculed. And that is part of creating the environment for for productive conversation. Because I, I, I do think that the, the best education happens when people critically engage what they believe and why they believe. And do that in conversation with people who may or may not share the same perspectives. And, and in the process, we, we learn. We learn as a community. Um, I, I do understand the, the fact that there is a distinction between the classroom and the, and the, 
the worship houses where the students go. I do have students who are uh, Christian. I have, I've had students who are um, Jewish. I've had students who are uh, Muslim. All of them taking the same class. And I have always insisted that they don't um, leave behind their religious convictions and their um, belief systems, but rather that they bring those to the, in the interaction with others because this is a document that lives and serves multiple purposes and multiple locations, and it's important to create those connections. Um, so I, I, I make a point of inviting them to, to bring those. Um, is teaching something that you do, or is it a part of your identity? It is part of my identity. I, I don't consider myself um, simply performing a task of teaching. I teach because that's what I am. I cannot but teach. And what that means for me is that Teaching is not restricted to what happens in the classroom. It doesn't um, remain enclosed from the larger conversation about society and the ways in which students navigate the real world outside of the classroom. And so even though the classroom is a fairly well-structured environment where teaching happens, I teach because I think that is precisely the, the space where students learn the skills to navigate a world that is oftentimes not as structured. So teaching for me is, uh, is, is a part of my identity. It's not just something I do. Um, it's a way of life. So when you're engaging in your own research and when you're engaging in your own study of the text, mm -hmm either individually or in community, in your own community. How are you teaching there? How, how are you a teacher when you, in, when you are researching and when you are wrestling with the text? I am asking particular questions. My research is driven by uh, questions that sometimes emerge from the classroom. Um, I, I, I do research in anticipation of courses that I would teach. I do research um, in part because of um, the way I, I, I think about society, what is happening in society, what I think uh, students should be learning. And so my research itself feeds my teaching. Uh, it feeds my teaching, and the teaching feeds my research. And, and I, I don't think I can separate the two. Because if I do not do the research, then obviously I do not have um, the, the tools with which to, um, to effectively communicate with students what I consider to be the values that are important for constructing communal identity and, and living meaningful lives, holistic lives in the world. How do you know when you get teaching right? It is tough to always know when you get it right. Um, sometimes sometimes um, you would get the sense that students are learning when they ask questions that you may not be expecting them to ask. In other words, when they begin to think for themselves and to articulate questions beyond what the syllabus is saying, 
I think that's when you know you're getting it right. So the teaching for me is something that propels them, that enables them to answer a very basic question, um, which is, how do I continue to do this beyond this classroom? And if I effectively and successfully get them to that point, I, I think I have succeeded. How do you know when you get it wrong, when it goes badly? Oh, when the conversations are all over the place, they are not structured. Um, and when um, the, the conversations devolve into simply articulations of individual convictions without critical reflection or interaction with, with others, um, when it becomes uh, a matter of um, what I believe, um, when it simply becomes a matter of um, claiming my own intellectual territory, my own religious territory, um, when the world shrinks into what I, I think it should be, then I, then I think that something has, has been missed um, in the educational process. Are you always a teacher? So are you a teacher at home? Yes, yes. I, 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 I think education happens in, in multiple settings, sometimes more formal than others. But I do think that education always happens. Um, like I said earlier, I grew up in a largely oral context where learning happens all the time. It happens at home. It happens um, on the playground. Um, it happens in churches, it happens in schools, obviously, but I do consider that uh, teaching happens in multiple settings, and including the home. Uh, and so um, it may not be a formal, structured setting, but it's nevertheless equally important. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here and to be part of this conversation. Thank you for joining us for our series, The Eye That Teaches. You can learn more about the Wabash Center on our website. We hope you've enjoyed listening to scholars talk about their teaching life. And we're out. How was that, Paul?